Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 26, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot of stuff on the docket to discuss today from a lot of different angles. Did we make the high again for the year? Are the markets going to collapse from here? Where are we on the daily chart? What's the impact of the election cycle? What's the impact of the other stuff in the news cycle? Can we make new highs for the year? What's going to happen after the election? All that stuff is on the table, on the docket. The first thing we're going to do today is take a look at the daily chart and let's figure out what jumps off the page at us. There's two horizontal lines on the screen. One is 339.33. That's one of the numbers that we discussed at length over the last, let's just say, couple of weeks at minimum of several trading sessions. It's been on the board for a while, 339.33. So today, they spiked through 339.33 on their way to a different destination, which we'll get to a little bit later. We had identified the destination intraday as support turned out to be the case from an intraday inside the numbers perspective. However, let's continue on with the daily chart. What we should notice is, where did the market close today? 339.41. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the short answer is no. The longer answer is, of course not. I think it has to be a puzzle piece on the table that the market spiked considerably through 339.33 on its way to a different destination, but yet, at the end of the day, rallied back strongly to close above that same number. That has to mean something. Here's a five-minute chart. Look all the way to the right. At the end of the day, in the last 10 minutes of the trading day, the market rallies a tremendous amount to get to where? Above 339.33. Where else was it going? If you're into the numbers and that doesn't intrigue you, then nothing will. Look what else we had on the board that developed last week. We talked about it every day last week as soon as it started to develop. We had a big breakdown candle that was developed on the 19th. Then the market traded in a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing. Looked like it went up to test the high of the breakdown candle one time, yet it really didn't. It never got up there. That was one of those shenanigan tail candles. And from there, the market essentially did what it normally does using the 80-20 rule, using what happens with this pattern the majority of the time, as long as they don't get above and close above the breakdown candle, it plays out to the downside. Now... If you go back to the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, you'll realize that market symmetry also played a role in terms of where the market stopped today, but that wasn't the reason for 336.12. We'll get to that a little bit later. How does this set up for Tuesday, for Turnaround Tuesday? Let's say the market's trading below 339.33. That has to be in the bear camp. If they get below today's low, then obviously something else is going on and they're going to trade lower. There's a gap down here just below 334. There's a 100 period moving average someplace below that. There's another gap down here. We talked about those numbers if the market was going to scale down. We don't know what we're going to wake up to Tuesday morning. I'm just saying 
if Turnaround Tuesday is going to be Turnaround Tuesday, maybe the market was trying to tell us something into the close by rallying to close above what at least I thought was an important number at 339.33. How about the weekly chart? So we were getting close to, not at, but close to the low of this weekly chart break up candle. So generally speaking, just the same as what happens at the highs of breakdown candles, the same occurrence takes place at the lows of break up candles. This is a weekly chart. Therefore, we can see them spike below it. There's a little bit of a gap down there. There's a couple of gaps down there. But on a weekly basis, on a Friday's close, are they going to close below or above this particular weekly chart breakup candle? Something to keep an eye on all week long. Did they just run down to run a test, staying in a uptrend? Remember, on the weekly chart, the trend is your friend. They're above all the moving averages, significantly above all of them, except now approaching home base. Maybe they just came back to pay a visit or close to home base. Letting home base catch up to price a little bit. That's what's going on on the weekly chart. So from a weekly chart perspective, and this doesn't really change until Friday, but from a weekly chart perspective, technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with the market. However, we have to always look at both sides of the tape. Be the umpire calling balls and strikes. So also on a weekly chart, we can say they made another attempt to break out to new highs and then they're failing, making a lower high. That's certainly a possibility. That's the same thing we see on the daily chart. Here's a high from early September. Here's a lower high. Are they going to really fail and get below this low? Get below that low and it's pretty much good night, Irene. We take the market one candlestick at a time, one day at a time, one week at a time. Let's check out inside the numbers. We're going to do something a little bit different tonight. We're going to accelerate the process. I'm going to point out maybe three or four important things that happened during the trading day. I'm going to scale up the notes so that those interested can double check the work by pausing the video, read the notes, go back to the charts and see if this is a bunch of snake oil or it's for real and I really do know my numbers. What you'll find is it's not only knowing the numbers, but it's also being able to read the tape knowing what happens if. What happens if they get here? What happens if they get there? Is that bullish? Is it bearish? It's hashtag reading the tape. So here's what we'll do. Pre-market commentary, happy Monday, wake up really red. We know it was red. We know the market was volatile. Let me point out a couple of important things that happened. Right out of the gate this morning, where would they find early resistance? What does it mean? It means, and what you'll see in the notes is, they're going to run up to or make an attempt to get somewhere. It looks like they're going higher. It looks like the market's bullish. But what they're really doing is running a test. What's that number that they would run a test of early in the morning that we should know about? Well, if you look before the opening bell at 925, if they tried to stage a rally, where would they be headed? SPY 343, give or take. It should be overhead resistance under normal market conditions. All right, you know the routine. Right of the vertical, today's activity. The top horizontal line is now 343. Here's what happened. Five-minute chart, here's the high of day. How about 242.98? The rest is history. 
343 was absolutely overhead resistance. Now, as we go along throughout the morning session, you already know that there was another number of importance on the board. So what you'll see is that that number, including the big fat round number, which always comes into play, but below that we had the 339.33. So you'll see that on the board, and then we'll go back and take a look at what happened on the chart. They tried and hung around the highs of the morning, the 343 area, before really giving up the ghost. Now, as they start to turn, you'll notice that the low of day, 341.75, is the gateway to the lower stuff mentioned earlier. 340 is the big fat one, and then 339.33. So, we're moving along, but we already know that they reached that target. But they don't do it in a straight line. That's why we mentioned the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. At 10.50, you can see 339, the next number on the board. There should be support down there. Now, here's where it gets interesting. They could spike it, and it could take time. However, there should be support down there. Here's where we start looking for that mid to late morning low. So they're going to put in a low. It's at an important spot. 339.33 seems like an important spot to put in a mid-morning low. So it all kind of makes sense. It comes together. That would be normal. But we have to have the awareness that what happens if they don't do that? Well, closing hourly below 339.33 would certainly be in the most bearish camp and opens the door for lower stuff like a lot lower. Let's take a look at an hourly chart. So what happened on the 11.30 close, the second hour of the day? They closed below at 338.80. So guess what? If you're in a trade down at that number at 339.33 and it starts to feel wrong, it starts to be wrong, we know where it's wrong, we know it's wrong on an hourly close below, we can cut and run minimal damage and guess what? Part of the deal, part of the running it as a business is if we have to lose, we have to lose small and fast. They tried to stay above or at least stay at that area they came below it, tried to rally back to it. When they couldn't rally back to it and began to fail, the writing was on the wall. So what happens when the writing is on the wall? Well, we have another target. We see where they're going. So guess what? 1248, they couldn't get back to 339.33 and therefore it was bearish. 336, give or take, is still on the table and increasingly becoming a target. So this wasn't the first time we talked about it, but yet now it's becoming a target. Today, never know. It's a slow motion meltdown at present. So here's where it starts to get interesting again. 107, the number for this trade is 336.12 on the dot. We know the routine. Sometimes they come up short. Other times they spike it through. There should be buyers in and around 336.12 if reached without eating too much time off the clock to get there. There is no other buy at this point until further notice. Closing 15-minute candles below 336 would be a hint they're going lower. Closing more than that down there and this trade is wrong. Back as needed. Here's the rest of the notes. You kind of know what happened from that point. So what we get into is a no when to fold them type of scenario. So I'm giving some short-term resistance areas up north for traders that bought that number at 336.12. And as the day goes on and on and on, it's obviously a no when to fold them scenario because not only did we have the high of day within two pennies, but we had the low of day within pennies. 
Here's that five-minute chart again, and here's the low of day. Happens to be 335.62, a spike of 336.12, but you're talking about an intraday spike when the market's melting down on a number that was given, I don't know, maybe 90 minutes earlier, maybe more, something like that. We'll take a little bit more in-depth look at why this number was important in a moment. First, we have to look at stocks on the move. We have to look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had a laundry list today. We had SAVE, SAP, JWN, PLAY, NCLH, VNE, and then the only one that didn't hit its number was HCA. The first one we'll look at is SAVE, and you can see what happened. The stock came close to the first number, kind of eight time off the clock, came into it, threatened the second, popped back over the first. It was a nothing type of deal, regardless of whether you took the trade or didn't take the trade. It was basically a scratch, no deal. These stocks, or any stocks, on a day like today, when you get caught in the midst of a meltdown, it's going to be very hard for these stocks to bounce without the market. And meltdown really drags everything else down with it. It's a quote-unquote... 90% down day, which means that 90% of the stocks in the NYSE were basically down today. Maybe not the way they finished, maybe not with that end of the day rally, but during the day, that was the case. When that is the case, it's an extra tough sledding for any kind of a long trade. That's trade school 101. Everybody needs to know that every time the market does this, I mention that. Similar type of deal with SAP. You can see they come all the way down in the morning, come up short of the first number, eat time off the clock, come into it a little bit lower, never get to the second number. Even in the afternoon, they came up a few pennies short, like 15 or 17 cents short, and then they try and rally back at the end of the day. They never really did anything. Nordstrom, similar deal, only worse. They get dragged down in the meltdown. They try to rally back. Where do they find resistance? At the same number. We've seen that many, many times. And then they fall away. Again, they got dragged in the midst of the meltdown. It's not an excuse. I'm just saying that's what happened. Dave and Buster's first number doesn't work. Second number kind of works. They hang around. That's it. Norwegian Cruise Line. This one was different. This was not really like the others. This one didn't work. The numbers were wrong. 17, 21, and 17. You can see 17 tried to work, tried to get defended. There was some defense or special teams that came out on the field around 17, but it really didn't work. They went about halfway back to 17, 21, and then fell away. So this one I'm definitely classifying as a shitburger. I'm classifying this as my numbers were wrong. VNE. Nothing doing. The first number tried to work. They rallied 15 cents. It's just short of 1%. Then they fell away. And then they came up short of the second number in the afternoon. Tried to rally back. You see what happened. Again, these were just a pile of mush. What wasn't a pile of mush was the S&P 500. It was interesting. And therefore, I want to get back to this before we go on to other charts, other markets, because I want to go back to showing you or at least discussing why support was found, among other reasons. We showed one of the reasons or at least kind of in the ballpark reason off that weekly chart and the breakup candle low. But let's take a look farther. I talk a lot about... They're headed to a destination. doesn't matter whether it's the S&P, whether it's cattle, whether it's lumber, or whether it's a stock. The point is 
that when they busted through 339.33, there were really two other options, and I wasn't a willing buyer at one of them. And one of them was the low of this window to the gap, and the low was 338.09. That's fine. A lot of times the market will find support in and around those areas, but the juicier area was the gap. And therefore, that was my number. And guess what? Here's some of the things that were running through my head. You understand my mind is a dangerous place to be, but here it is. So I have a number in my mind. It's 339.33. They didn't really stop there. They kind of tried, but they had a different destination in mind today. Okay, fine. I still know it's an important spot. I did a lot of work on that number. I know it's important. You saw what happened at the end of the day. I still think it's important. All right, fair enough. Now we have that window we just talked about around 338, and if they're going to blow through that, then you have a gap. Now, you have 339, you have the window, and the gap. If they're going to blow through all those three things on the way to another destination without even finding some semblance of support, well, then so be it. But when you're in the risk business, you kind of look at the board and you say, well, look at this. The odds aren't really even great that they get there today, but if they do, it's got to be a buy. That's absolutely what went through my head, which is also why you saw such a detailed note inside the numbers about the number. The number was a buy. Hashtag reading the tape my way. What's going on over in Camp IWM? I've got some interesting stuff here. Let's go right to what jumps off the page. I'm telling you right now, what jumped right off the page at me is where we finished the day relative to two things. The 20-period moving average, they spiked it through, finished above, still above the 20-period moving average, essentially going sideways, eating time off the clock. And guess what? Look at this breakup candle. What's the low? 158.81. They closed well above that today, but they did spike it intraday. They tested the low, they closed above. You get below it tomorrow, for example, and close below it, then all bets are off, and you'll go lower down to 155.70 or even lower, maybe even down to this gap over here. But if you stay above, you can't help. At least I can't help, but read that in a bullish light. Puzzle piece on the table. Now, I bring back up the SPY because I want to get the picture in your mind of where the moving averages are. The SPY is below the 20 and the 50 period moving average on the daily chart. We look before at the weekly, this is the daily chart. And compared to the IWM, it's in a different position. But I bring that up because the IWM is my single favorite market leading indicator. So for now, as long as the IWM is above those two spots, the 20 period moving average and that breakup candle low, she's in good shape. How about the flip side of that? The flip side of in good shape. Now, she's not in terrible shape, but she had a pretty bad day. In fact, the transports, the folks down at the transportation department, they were down over 400 points at one point today. Never made it to the 50-period moving average. Might have been a lot cleaner if they hit the 50 and then closed relatively well compared to where they were earlier in the day. However, they didn't do that. They closed below the 20-period moving average. I got to tell you, this is somewhat of a tough read. You can take this as they're still eating time off the clock right back above the 20-period moving average, and there's technically nothing wrong with this tape. 
here on the weekly chart, you have a breakup candle from a few weeks ago. You're not even at the low. You're well above the 20 period moving average. So you have a couple of things. The uptrend is severely intact, but you're too far from home base. So they can still come back down to home base, which is a lot of points and yet still stay in an uptrend on the weekly chart. So that's a bit of a quandary. So what do we use in between? We use the breakup candle low, which comes in right around 13,377. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Qs? I think I put these numbers up on the board last week. Let's see where the low of day was. 276.76 against 276.35. Not quite close but no cigar. The chart looks very similar to the SPY. It did pretty much the same thing. There's not much else to discuss other than the fact that even the moving averages look very similar in terms of the positioning of the daily chart. Weekly chart, you're above all the moving averages and you're coming in to pay a visit or run a test in the vicinity of home base. That's the 20 period moving average. Interestingly enough, think about this for a second. You have markets coming into kind of close to home base, coming into home base around the time as we're leading up into the election. Are we going to trade down into the election? Are we going to have a rally out of the election? Whatever everybody thinks is going to happen, generally speaking, the opposite happens. Remember 2016 when everybody said, hey, if Donald Trump gets elected, the market's going to crater. The market started to go down and they had a rally ever since. How about the XLF? Interesting, similar to what we just discussed in the IWM. So if I move this over, you'll see the most recent breakup candle low, 24.66. Where did we finish the day? 24.68. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? And the answer is, no, there aren't. They spiked it pretty good, rallied back to do what? Close above it by the end of the day. They could have closed three pennies below that and closed below it. They didn't. They chose to close above it. I think that type of stuff warrants a puzzle piece and being put on the table. How about good old Smash Mouth? They got hit pretty good today for a little over 2%. They filled the gap and bounced off the gap. We don't know whether that's going to be the end of the decline, a way station, but what we do know is if they start getting below that gap on an hourly basis and then close below the gap on a daily chart basis, then that's obviously bearish and that's what we have to use in the SMH. The gap for now was support. It's close to the 50 period moving average. The 50 period moving average and that break up candle low would have been a better spot around 174, 175. But they don't always give you what you want. By the way, just as an aside, and I'll make mention of this, this is right out of the course, lazy e-mini trader. The SMH happens to be on time filling that gap today. That stuff is taught in the course. Time is more important than price. We're watching the SMH for some northbound directional move. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.